thought about your rights and freedoms regarding your money and its impact by legislation from all levels of government? Welcome to the Information Edge with your host, Darren Yancey. Darren has over 40 years of experience in key sectors of the economy, and he's been knee-deep in politics for over a decade. He's going to get into detail on these sectors, the politics surrounding them, what they mean to you, and how you can protect yourself and be involved. Now, live from Texas, your host, Darren Yancey. All right, folks. All right, folks. Welcome to Hump Day. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in the state of Texas. Crisp, clear. It's a little chilly. Not bad. We're in the mid 60s, but you can tell when the sun goes down. Uh, right now, when the air is really dry like this, it'll get down cold at night. But that's one of the reasons why we live in Texas. We don't have to live in these minus 20 degree winters, at least not normal. Doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but as a general rule, we don't get it. Um, first off, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. This is our one-year anniversary of doing this show. And by the way, this is the last uh, show I'll be doing on the Variety Channel. We're supposed to be starting on the Business Channel in February. Um, I'll be looking for paperwork to get that done. But I've enjoyed doing this year. And um, last show that we did was a little tale I told about two Texas senators and a Brazos uh, <laughs> River Authority board here. Lots of emails on that. Uh, lots of social media. I want to thank everybody that uh, responded. I did send that to the two senators Twitter feed, by the way, nothing from them. Uh, I sent it to the Texas Tribune. I've got a couple of queries back from them. They'd like to have an interview on it. And I said, we'll get to it when we can. Uh, you know, it's, it's not something that's top in my wheelhouse, but the story was told. Um, if you are alive today, you probably know that Justice Stephen Breyer is going to retire. Yeah, yeah. Um, the timing is interesting because right now, everything that could possibly go wrong for the Democrats and Mr. Biden is going wrong. Um, this may be an opportunity for him to put some ultra liberal on the court that might gain him some type of support. I, I just don't know where it's going to come from. And, and yes, this would, would be ultra liberal. Um, there is no way the Republicans can stop this unless they have all the Republicans vote no, and you have at least one or more Democrat defection. Could that happen? Depends. Depends on uh, the candidate. Um, there's some names floating out there. I'll tell you the one that hasn't floated out there that you better be aware of, and that's Barack Obama. And oh, yes, do not be surprised if his name floats up as a U.S. Supreme Court candidate. Um, a Justice Obama would be terrifying. There's just, there's just no other way to put it. So don't be surprised if that name comes out there, but I can assure you a couple of things. Um, it's going to be a person of color and I think it'll be a black person. I do not think it'll be Hispanic. Uh, and that's sad that they base it on. They want someone of a certain racial makeup as opposed to the best candidate for it. And the best candidate might be black, might be white, might be Asian, uh, it, it doesn't know, but that's one of the peripheries they put as a qualifier. And I, I, it, I think that's a, a sad thing. I can assure you, uh, you've got a high probability it's going to be female. Don't have a problem with that. Females are great justices. Um, but there's going to be no doubt that this is going to be an ultra liberal justice. So when I say ultra liberal, probably something that has not been seen on the court in a couple of decades, because Joe Biden right now, that's that's what he's going to push forward. He's got the votes in the Senate. Um, 
We'll just have to wait and see. I does it will it make up the balance of the court? No, this is basically replacing one that that has that. So it's not that big a deal. But I, I hope that the Senate takes this very seriously. I know the Democrats aren't for the most part. There's a couple in there. There's three or four that might. Uh, the Republicans better take it pretty serious in terms of whether or not they're going to support. They've made too many rubber stamps of Joe Biden's appointees who have turned out to be disastrous. Um, I mean, look at the the person who's heading up Homeland Security. He's a disaster. Look at Secretary Buttigieg over the Department of Transportation. He is a disaster. Okay, and these are appointees that the Republicans have given the thumbs up on. So if this is an ultra liberal and I don't see it being anything else, I don't see a moderate out there right now uh, that would qualify. Um, They should withdraw their votes. I mean, we don't need an ultra liberal on the court, but that's my opinion. We go down the road now. Why is this important? Well, we had a Supreme Court decision here a few weeks back that kind of said, hey, Joe, you were kind of overstepping your bounds. And it's one of the first few bright spots we've had in government um, for quite some period of time. But one of the things that I've been doing a lot of research on and watching, you know, COVID-19 is no question that there's it's a play on what I it's really it's an unholy alliance right now between our government and big pharma, but really it goes beyond that. COVID-19 is just one of the problems. So I wanted to focus on this today. Uh, the topic of the show was Big Brother and Your Health, America's Constant Prostate Exam, okay? Um, you know, ladies, I know that medically you have some things that you get done to you that are just, y'all are tougher than us. That's all I can say, okay? You've got to have your they do awful things to your breasts when they do those cancer tests. Uh, I know you have to go through your OBGYN test, which is really a true invasion of privacy. Uh, I salute you because you're, like I said, you're tougher than us. But there are a couple of things guys do have that I think are pretty close, maybe not equal, but they're pretty close. Now, if you're a youngster and you're playing athletics, one of them is the hernia exam. That's where you drop your drawers, expose your junk. The doctor kind of grabs onto one of them and go cough, and you go, hey! and you're hoping that, you know, he's got semi-warm hands when he's doing that. It's pretty embarrassing. The other is, and it's really as you get older, you got to do this more and more. It's the prostate exam, and that's why I said this is America's constant prostate exam. Let me explain it to you. If for some reason you've been Rip Van Winkle and don't know what one is, that's where the doc comes out, puts on the rubber glove, snap little bit of Vaseline, hopefully a lot of Vaseline. A guy bends over, grabs a table. He does the little thing in the bunghole, and you're singing Moon River, and you're hoping he's semi-gentle, okay? And the process is designed to milk the prostate gland to be sure your insides are still working. And as you get over 40, they want you to do it on an annual basis. It's kind of the use it or lose it gland, but it can lead to a lot of different things. Well, if you, I've given you that visual. Now I'm going to give you another visual. Imagine Dr. Anthony Fauci, okay? Filthy Fauci. Imagine him with a big rubber glove. Imagine him with a big old glob. Hopefully there's a glob of, of some type of lubricant on that finger, and he's constantly jamming it in your behind. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm going to put forth for you today is that's been happening for a long period of time. We just now might be waking up to it. 
I don't know what that says about our inebriated or anesthetized state of observation, but our government has been sticking it up our butt for a long time. I hate to put it in those terms, but I got to get your attention on this. COVID-19 is part of something that's been going on for quite some period of time. You know, we, we say it's a it's a COVID recovery right now, where I think they say we're in the recovery stages and everybody goes, well, you know, it's kind of what we do and blah, 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 blah. And But it's more than that, folks. I mean, look, this is control. We know for a fact that if you take a step back and you look at the normal processes of a vaccine, it's a usually five to 10 years by the time they design it, test it, get all the approvals so they come out so you can have a high rate of effectiveness, okay? Now, due to the what was happening with COVID, President Trump said, hey, we're going to do Operation Warp Speed, which really was to, hey, you guys get it together, we're going to bring it to market faster. And we can argue whether or not that was the right thing, but here's the reality of it, okay? As, as recent as July of last year, where we were just a few months into uh, the vaccines, we were starting to get data coming out that goes, this, this, this really isn't an effective vaccine. Now, what do I mean when I say it really isn't an effective vaccine? A, a vaccine, by the way, is supposed to be something that when you come out and you effectively put it in front of people, it's supposed to cure you. Okay. That means you do something, you take it, and you cue it. Now, I did a Q3 newsletter, and if you go to the website, information.net, and you go over to more, you drop down on the newsletters, and I focused on the COVID impact. And one of the things I thought was incredible was that the Center for Disease and Control, or the CDC as they're commonly called, was changing some things. I don't want to be very specific, and if you go to the link, on the site, okay, go to informationedge.net, go to more. It'll have newsletters. You can drop down. You've got the uh, Q3 2021. I know I'm due for one right now. I'm in the process of writing it. Read it. And on that download, you're going to notice some things I've got in here. And one of them is basically this was about right after Joe had come out with the mandate. And we were talking about legalities, but some things that came out was, well, what is a, what defines a vaccine? And that was changing. And I want to read some things from you that have changed on the CDC website. One of them is, this was pre-2015, by the way, a vaccination is an injection of a killed or weakened infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. Very important, okay? From 2015 to 2021, that definition went from the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. In other words, you're not going to get it. Now, if you go to the CDC, as of September 2021, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce protection from a specific disease. Now, I bring that up because a vaccine all of my life was you got something, you took it, so you wouldn't get it anymore. Now, understand something like a flu shot is not a vaccine. It's a flu shot. It's designed to reduce your probability, but it's really more of a potential treatment. It's not a vaccine. We had a polio vaccine. We had a smallpox vaccine. We had major disease vaccines. 
Did the CDC change the definition to accommodate the current mRNA drugs, which are coming out here, which actually do change your, your DNA? A lot of people, now look, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm for or against vaccines or for or against this corona. I'm just, I'm pointing some things out in that, that we had a rapid change here to accommodate. I'm not certain that the proper response that they should have had on this might not have been, look, guys, we haven't come out with an actual vaccine that's going to give you immunity, okay? Uh, right now, and this was going back to July of last year, it's showing about four in 10. It's actually working on that's the true efficacy rate, they call it, or effectiveness of the vaccine. Now, if they came out and said, look, we, we were ahead, it's warp speed, we're going through, but it's not 100% effective. It's not 90%, it's 40% effective. So if you get it, you got a four in ch- 10 chance that you will not contract COVID. Now, if that was the honest answer on it, and they went out there and presented it to you, then you could take those facts and go, okay, do I want to take this vaccine and take a four to 10 chance, meaning I might have to take it again. Here's the problem. We know there is now a multitude of side effects, heart disease, other things that are coming with this vaccine. Okay. Why? Because ladies and gentlemen, this is not a pure vaccine. This is still a, a vaccine that's in trial because it was pushed out. And the problem is, if I was selling, if I was selling a car that that only drove properly forty percent of the time, and sixty percent of the time was having some type of side effect that either either was causing an accident or killing people, you know what they would do with that car? It would be taken off the market immediately. So why are we allowing a vaccine at this point that's got a 40% efficacy rate and side effects to continue to be dominating the landscape? Well, we know why. It's money. This gets back to that unholy alliance, and I'm going to get into more of that. The other issue also is is readily available treatments. And yes, HCQ, hydrocarbon, hydrochloroquine, I can't even say it anymore, or HCQ and zinc work. Ivermectin works. By the way, anybody that says ivermectin is only for animals is an idiot. You're retard. So don't say that. Do your damn research. It's been out there for a while. These are proven treatments. Do you know Japan's virtually gotten rid of COVID because of ivermectin, as has other nations? Do you know why it's not being done here? Because it doesn't make the pharmaceutical industry of America a lot of money. I'm not against them making money. I am against them holding us hostage and prisoner. Okay. This is that constant rectal exam they're doing on us. Okay. They're wearing us out. It doesn't have to be done. And we're going to get to some of the causation and effects on that, but it's an issue. Okay. So between having this stuff forced and all this, we we got problems here. And it's something that it, it has to stop on a number of levels, and I've discussed that on this show. There's other places to discuss it. The challenge that we're getting into is, is they're doing everything they can to try to smash any type of contrary opinion. And I'm sure if this one gets out, they're going to try to do it as well here. But I'll give you, for example, uh, Joe Rogan, who does a heavily listened to podcast. You know who Joe is. MMA guy. I like Joe. He's Joe got COVID. 
Joe got Invermectin and got well. Okay. Joe had Aaron Rodgers on who got COVID, who took Invermectin and got well. Well, guess what? That goes against the narrative that government and paid for doctors by the American pharmaceutical industry don't want a change in that narrative. Now we've already, the problem is it's too late for that. They're trying to come out and tell Spotify to drop the Joe Rogan experience. Uh, who was this, that fool, uh, Neil Young. I mean, Neil, dude, you, your last time of being effective was in the eighties. Y'all can have my music or Joe Rogan. You can't have both. And, and I can promise you, most of the people listening to Joe Rogan go, Neil, who, what, who, who is that old fart? You know, they don't know who Neil Young is more or less. They don't care. And if Neil is so arrogant that he doesn't listen to the facts then Neil don't flush yourself down a toilet. Nobody needs you. But the fact that they've got all this suppression, well, we, you, Spotify's got to take Joe Rogan down. They, they got to take Joe Rogan down. He's, he's, they can't have it. Hell folks. Twitter has went on uh, the doctor that that's come out and said, Hey, I, I admitted him MRNA. You can't have this. They booted him off of Twitter. Now he's on, you know, get her and some other stuff right now. They're doing everything they can to suppress a counter narrative conversation on COVID because it basically boils down and shows and exposes the unholy alliance between the United States government as well as other governments and other uh, entities around the world, but predominantly the government, which includes, you know, the CDC and the U S pharmaceutical industry, because why they're making billions, billions. I promise you this. Had the pharmaceutical industry not been given amnesty on liability, they would not be where they are right now pushing these vaccines. They know they're in an experimental phase, but hey, they got liability. They got the whole American uh, public out there going, okay, we know we got 40% efficacy. How do we get to 80%? I'm not saying that they're trying to do things to us. I'm saying they know that they're in an experimental phase. They got a big lot. They got a big do not go to jail card. Do not get sued card. <laughs> Hell, let's test everything we can. And that's what they're doing. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you're taking this stuff, you're the guinea pig. Now, if you're going to be the guinea pig, be an educated guinea pig. I have a buddy of mine that I do business with. He travels all over the world. He did not want to take the vaccine. But unfortunately, we have philandering all over the world right now. And he was like, you know, I can't afford to get stuck someplace. So we took the vaccine. He took it. First week was not good. He come through, you know, hopefully he's part of that 40% that gets through. Hopefully he doesn't get COVID and give it to other people. That's the other thing about this. I think, look, if you've got something that there's a way to approach this, say, look, if you take this shot, you got a 40% chance that you're not going to get it, but you've also got a chance that you could get it. You get sick. You don't get as sick. You get milder and you're not as sick as long. So you get some antibodies out of it. So recognize that this could happen. They're not even acknowledging that. Okay. They're not being honest. It's an unholy alliance that we have, but it doesn't stop at COVID-19, my friends.
it doesn't stop at COVID-19. And I promise you, if the liability waivers stop, if, if one of the things that should happen, if there is a change in, well, it's not, it's going to take a change in president, but unfortunately, if there's a change in Congress, they need to put in effect a law. And if they have enough votes in the House and the Senate, they can put a law and override Joe Biden, that there are no more liability waivers for medicine until they went through a certain amount of trials. We just can't be having people with guinea pigs. At some point, the data is going to come out and show all the folks that are infected in, uh, on side effects with the COVID-19 vaccines or shot. I'm going to start just calling them shots. And the U.S. government has sanctioned this. Specifically, the Joe Biden administration is sanctioned this. The CDC under Joe Biden, guess what? They should be liable for this. If you've had people die from this, you should be charged and tried, at very least, for manslaughter. I'm sorry. These, these are crimes against humanity. There, there are people over in Europe working right now to start enforcing the Nuremberg Code against these governments forcing people to take them. Thank God that the SCOTUS shot it down. I was very disappointed that um, Brett, don't call me Mr. Weiner Cavanaugh, thought that healthcare workers should have this forced on them. I find it amazing these healthcare workers who were dealing without a vaccine in the first year of the pandemic, who were out there, you know, where they're, they're risking their lives. Now you feel that they need to risk their lives further for a shot? Did you have a brain fart? For, forget common sense? Sad. Very sad. I hope the next Congress is a Republican-led Congress and addresses that legislatively. And if there's enough votes, they don't need Joe Biden to get it through. The Constitution has provisions for that. Now, I've, I've talked a lot here about COVID, but I want to expand your mind on just how bad this is. Because ultimately, what we're going to come through at the end of this, this show is a theme of government failure to protect us. Okay. And I want you to think about these things as I go through. Let's talk about cancer. Cancer is the bubonic plague of modern times. I don't think anybody uh, alive has not had somebody either had or die from some form of cancer. Okay. Now, cancer can be an external thing. Uh, you can have skin cancer, and there's various times there's, uh, that you can get, and it can be an internal. They're all bad. I find it incredible that in the last 50 years of research that there's been no cure for cancer. I find it absolutely mind-boggling that there's been no cure for cancer to the point of, are they really thinking we're that stupid? You're telling me in the modern age of chemistry in the laboratories and the people, the intelligence, the horsepower intelligence that we have in the research and development industry in medicine, <clears throat> that they have not been able to come out and cure cancer. They've found ways to adjust radiation so you don't die from the radiation if you have to have it. They've come out with better chemotherapies. But I'm talking about a way to actually sit down through a treatment process and eliminate cancer. Why is that not happening? And then I got to thinking, how much money goes into research 
on cancer. And I used to say research to cure cancer. I don't use that anymore because as I started doing the research, all of the funding mechanisms and all of the, the places that send money in and all of the laboratories that are out there, they're making trillions of dollars in research on cancer, not to cure cancer, but on cancer. I find that incredible. I find it incredible when we've got trillions of dollars going into research that we can't cure something, but we can come up with a lot of therapies. We can come up with ways to extend your life. We can come up with ways that, well, you won't die today, but we're not going to cure it. We're going to make you dependent on chemicals to keep you alive. And who benefits from that? The pharmaceutical industry, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I have mixed emotions on what should happen with the pharmaceutical industry. They've done some phenomenal things. They've come up with some phenomenal treatments. But when your goal now is not to cure, but to enslave, That's when changes need to happen. And as I paint this picture for you today, the pharmaceutical industry has been allowed by our government to enslave us. Stop and think of how many commercials you hear on the radio. If you're watching any type of online um services anymore unless you're streaming it if you're just catching stuff through youtube or rumble or whatever there's commercials in them television doesn't matter if it's regular broadcast or on cable stop and think of the number of ads that the u.s pharmaceutical industry puts out it's endless and none of them are designed to cure you they're designed to make your life better by taking a pill or doing a therapy a continuous process. In other words, it's a recurring revenue model. They're ringing the cash cow. They're just ringing that bell. ding a ling a ling a ling a ling ling That's what's happening. And unfortunately, our government has allowed it to happen. It's happened right in front of our eyes, and it's happened right in front of our noses. Cancer is another one of these things that we should not have not just in the United States. We shouldn't have it on the planet. You should be, look, if you go outside and get skin cancer, let's say you get uh, basal cancer. That's the basic one, okay? There should be a product that you should be able to come out of a jar, wipe it on, and it's gone. Let's say you got a squamous. You should be able to buy a product, do the same. Folks, this is your skin. They spend Billions of dollars for skincare products. Billions. I'm not sure it's not in the trillions. Women have more skincare products than we could ever possibly dream of having. And they keep them looking lovely. Maybe there's a touch of cancer prevention in those products. I don't know. But I can tell you this. If I can find a way to eliminate wrinkles for 72 hours and I can find a way to melt off certain things, there should be a way to treat skin cancer out of a jar. 
And what about all the things that we eat today that we find are causing cancer? Are you telling me in 50 years we haven't found a way to cure internal cancer? I'm not talking just advice. Don't drink this. Don't eat that. Don't do that. I'm talking about somebody actually gets something and we actually find a way to do a metabolic change. Uh, stop the metastasizing uh, of cellular generation. And with all the things that we've invented, we can't come up with that. I don't know about that. All right, folks, we have hit the bottom of the hour. Um, I'm showing two, but I'm going to go ahead and take a break right here at 3.30. Um, you're listening to the Information Edge podcast with Darren Yancey. I'm going to take a quick break. We're going to pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to go into some more areas that we need to discuss. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. To reach the program today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to darren at darrenyancey.com. Now, back to the Information Edge. All right, folks, welcome back to the Information Edge podcast. I'm your host, Darren Yancey. Let's do a little housekeeping real quick. You can follow the me on social media on Twitter at InfoEdge65. Yeah, the original one got nuked on Gab and Getter at DGNC65, which is probably where I'm going to end up eventually. Uh, go to the website, informationedge.net. That's got the current blogs, 
uh, that's got all the resources to go in and look at all the government entities. It's got show topics, a lot of things for you to go out there and be a more educated person and a better person in terms of voting and what to do with it. Today, we're talking about our constant um, prostate exam that's involving the American government. And it's it's sad because what I'm building a case here for is, is prosecution that we have to do through the ballot box and rid ourselves of a system that's not working for uh, America. And it doesn't matter what political side of the aisle you fall on this one. This is one that it, it's, um, this is screwing everybody. Okay. And it's got to change because we, at the end of the day, you're responsible for yourself. Okay. But we set up a system of infrastructure. We elect people, we pay taxes to set an infrastructure of rules to do research and set boundaries to help make us healthier people. And that's not happening. Just the opposite is happening right now. COVID-19 is an example. I'm throwing out cancer right now. Let me go more into a little bit more of the cancer. Um, I've had two people that I've interviewed in the last two years, and there's a reason for it, um, on the topic of cancer. One gentleman I spoke with back in the late 70s came out with a form of cure for cancer. Uh, and effectively, what happened with him was during his FDA trials, some people in the pharmaceutical industry, don't know how they got wind of it, <clears throat> came to him and bought him out. And effectively, I uh, can't mention his name or the pharmaceuticals because they're under gag orders, but, and I can't even mention what it treated. But he was bought out for a big chunk of money, and he retired. And I asked him, did the product ever make it to market? And unfortunately, he broke eye contact and looked down and said, no, it did not. And he said it was the biggest mistake he ever made in his life. Separate gentleman I spoke with about eight months ago was working in the what they call the USAM, uh, U.S. Army Medical Program on various infectious diseases and accidentally came across with a treatment for a form of internal cancer. When he presented it to his superiors, he was told he was told to drop the work, turn over all or drop the research, I should say, and turn over all the work to him and, and destroy any evidence of any type of progress. He left the country and lives in another part of the world right now. And I'm not going to mention where. And he said, there's no question there's cures for cancer out there. I currently know of a group right now that is working on treatments for skin cancer. And they've got a treatment for basal. It's 100%. It's everybody they've tested on 100% effective. Squamous right now is about 90% effective. It'll be done in another country because the U.S. pharmaceutical industry will quash it here, including taking lethal action against anybody that stops them. And our government has allowed this to be created. They failed us on this. But there's another one. I don't know if you have taken a look at the number of ads that you see for medicines and how many of them are diabetic related. But if you started counting them, you would probably get shocked. This past year, um, early part, of the year, 
I, I went a couple of years and it didn't do the things I needed to do in my diet. And I was feeling some stuff. And I said, you know, I need to go in and have some testing. And, and I came out with a test and my blood sugar was high. The first thought, well, you're diabetic. We did some more. I'm not diabetic, but I was pre-diabetic, but I need to get my sugar down. And I knew that. I knew that. There's things that you do when you're just sometimes you're, you're, you're being retarded. I was being retarded on my diet. Okay. And I'm changing it. And I'm going through. And one of the things that when you realize that you're pre-diabetic, you, you got to watch your sugars more. Okay. Now my sugar's coming down. It's not where I need it to be. I didn't get my sugar level where it was overnight. I'm not going to get it back down to where I need overnight, but I'm taking the steps. But one of the hardest things in the world to find are foods that are low or no sugar. And when I say no sugar, I'm talking about not having a poison substitute as aspartame separate from sugar. I'm talking about nothing in it to make it sweet. It's very difficult to find. It's not impossible. There is a segment out there that caters to it, but it's not a majority. And unless you are doing all of fruits and veggies fresh and buying all of your meat and poultry and fish fresh and prepping them, you're getting some type of processed sugar. We've known about the ills of processed sugar for over half a century. Yet nothing is being done right now to reduce the amount of processed sugar that's going out. Obesity in America is at an all-time high right now. And diabetes is at an all-time high. I think I did the, the I, I pulled up diabetes, I think, dot com. And roughly 34 million people in the United States right now have diabetes and 88 million are pre-diabetic. Folks, that's half the country almost. That's a huge chunk of people. And for some reason, nobody is talking. It's kind of like, well, onset diabetes, you're just going to get it. Well, the American diet is a big part of that. We've got so much processed sugar going into people. I mean, the amount of sugar you ingest is just absolutely, it's a violation of your body. I'm more worried for my kids than I am for me. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm trying to get my kids. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to change it because if, if you stay on this, by the time you're my age, you're dead. I'll live another 25, 30 years. I'll make the changes. But I mean, right now, Stop and think of how many people you know with diabetes. Look at all the diabetes commercials. What's causing diabetes? Sugar. I'll never forget the last, the men in black three, when Will Smith is talking and the question comes to him, what's the most destructive force in the universe? And he said, sugar. You know, at the time I thought, huh, that's kind of funny today. I agree with it. It is the most destructive force out there. Now, I'm not saying sugar is a bad component. I'm saying we're having so much processed sugar being pumped into everything that we buy. And the problem is you've got to have an alternative. But more importantly, you got to be educated about it. We're not talking enough about how bad sugar is for you. I think if people really understood that they're basically, you might as well be sitting there with and, and, and injecting heroin and cocaine in your system. You're, it's just as bad. You stop and look at all the things that come from becoming a sugar diabetic and the things that can happen to you 
neuropathy, can't walk. That's when my big, my feet were just in terrible shape. My feet are in much better shape right now. My, but a year ago, my feet were in terrible shape. You can lose your eyesight. You can lose limbs. I mean, bottom line is diabetes could kill you. And it's because we're ingesting so much sugar. So the question is, I'm not saying outlaw sugar. I'm saying there should be, we got to have an alternative choice. Look, if you want to go live, if you got to go eat fast food, and I hate, and I'm not a regulation junkie, but there's things we got to look at. You should have a no sugar option. Okay. And you should know, here's what you're buying and this is what it's doing to you. Now, if you make that choice, then you make that choice. Same thing at the grocery store. If you're buying prepackaged stuff, go through. I mean, folks, the amount of sugar we're taking in right now is killing us as a nation. We got 88 million people pre-diabetic. Chances are they're going to be diabetic. They're showing kids right now in commercials with some of these technologies, something on their arm. Children, a child should not be diabetic. A young person should not be diabetic. And is anybody looking to do a cure? What does a cure cost? Well, number one, it's a dietary change. It's also an acknowledgement that we've got a horrible diet because we're producing poisons. And where does that come from? Well, it comes back from, this is a different alliance with food producers. Food producers are going to produce what they're allowed to produce. We've known about the ills of sugar for a long time. Food producers do the same thing that the pharmaceuticals do, which we're going to discuss in detail in just a second. When I was growing up, we never had a thing called peanut allergies. It did not exist. My youngest, excuse me, my oldest son, born in 94, has a peanut allergy. We had a couple of times he almost died. We didn't have them when we were growing up. We didn't worry about gluten-free and egg-free. We didn't have all this stuff in my generation. This has come about in the last two generations because of things that are being put into food and ingested by the U.S. consumer. So the question is, where in the hell is the Congress at in doing its job and oversight? It's a cataclysmic failure. COVID-19 is just something that's brought to the forefront, a problem we've had for a half a decade. Go back and look at the U.S. citizen. Look at their size, look at their weight, and look at their height prior to 1950. And look at it after 1950. Ladies and gentlemen, our grandmothers and grandfathers could have whipped our asses today at our same age. They were better fed and better in better shape because they didn't have the same crap they were ingesting as we have today. We are putting a generation out there that is going to become chemical dependent, not on heroin, not on cocaine, not on marijuana, but on some type of drug that the pharmaceutical industry is going to put out and has been created by the food industry. Why? Because our United States government has cataclysmically failed us. And I mean cataclysmically failed us. Let me be specific, okay? 
because here's what we're going wrong here. And, and when you look at what government's supposed to do, and I don't care where you fall politically on this, you should be pissed off. Okay. When you have elected politicians or to be elected politicians that are allowed to take donations from food and drug manufacturers, manufacturers, get my mouth working in dramatically greater proportions than everyday Joe and Jane six pack. That's a problem. And here's what it leads to leads to legislation favorable to those sectors. And in most cases, detriment to the, po- the population. Again, let's t- I've given you this whole show has been dedicated to a problem. No cures for cancer, no cures for diabetes, sugar running rampant, causing diabetes. COVID is just COVID is just the most recent, uh, basically obscenity in a long line of obscenities going back for the last 50 years. If you're in your late 40s or 50s, you grew up never knowing what a peanut butter allergy was. You didn't know what gluten-free was because you didn't need it. Now, today, you go out to dinner and everybody's got to go, well, I'm allergic to this, I'm allergic, I can't have that. Blah, 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 blah. You know, you, you got to have specialty menus just so everybody can eat. Because of poison that's been fed to us, because of drugs that are given to us to continue us on, it's a problem. Now, talked about the favorable legislation, said elected politicians then manipulate those laws and they use inside information to invest in those same companies as for personal financial gain. In essence, creating a publicly funded graph pool. Would you like a great big example? Nancy Pelosi, her family, specifically in 40 years, she's got a net worth. That means paid taxes on of over $100 million on a salary of under $200,000. How in the name of Christ do you do that? You do it because you have inside market manipulation data and you have used it for financial gain. Ladies and gentlemen, insider trading is illegal at the Securities and Exchange Commission. And if you or I do it, we will go to prison. Why in the world is Congress allowed to do this? They shouldn't be. But unfortunately, they fund the SEC. They fund the FBI. It's a problem. Miss Pelosi should be in jail for insider trading. The SEC should look at every one of her stock trades for the last 40 years and any inside information going to it. If you'll also remember, ladies and gentlemen, A couple of years ago, when we were first going into COVID, there was a number of senators, both Republican and Democrat, got uh, their little hand slapped because they had they took that insider information and made stock trades. That's repugnant. But here we go. Another another aspect of it, the detrimental effect of these policies on citizens are ignored. And in some cases, they use the press to promote anything that could upset the apple cart as misinformation. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a reason the world came together against Donald Trump. He was exposing a rather large swamp. I present to you that the United States government has failed. We can say there's a lot of areas they failed on. But there's right now, there's, there's been a consistent prostate exam 
being done on you. They've been putting stuff up your rear end, whether you realize it or not. Me too, by the way, for five decades. And they've been awful sly about it because obviously we've not looked around and go, hey, what are you doing? It's taking COVID-19 for people to go, stop. There's side effects. I don't want those side effects. Or someone could say, well, I got foreign chin. I'll, I'll take that chance. But they made an educated decision. But you've been poisoned by food manufacturers that have no congressional oversight. It's created an industry that the U.S. pharmaceutical industry has capitalized on to keep you dependent on drugs. Cancer hasn't been cured because there's too much freaking money in research, and it would crater the R&D industry on cancer if they actually came out with a cure. We call that a conflict of interest. The food industry continues to pump di- uh, sugar in everything, processed foods. That way you get onset diabetes. And the U.S. pharmaceutical industry comes out with a drug for you to take to combat it. It is a vicious circle that's been going on. It's been going on right under our eyes. I, my, I, I cannot say, well, I knew about this. I've been trying to tell people. Hell, I was asleep at the wheel, too. It's only the last couple of years, there's been some things I go, you know, I really got to sit down and question some stuff. I've got a question. What have we been supporting? What are we paying taxes for? Because I've got to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, between now and November of, of this year, there's going to be some tests come our way. If you think the Democrats who have been, been beat like a scalded dog right now are about to go away, <laughs> no, 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 no. they're going to do everything they can to federalize elections. That's going to force some decisions. Well, let's say we get past that. I think they can. I think it's 50-50. I know what's going to happen if they do. You're either going to have the union break up and secede into multiple republics, or there's going to be the bloodiest civil war that's ever been occurred on the face of the planet. I can tell you that for a fact. Because there's half the nation that just simply won't do it, and we're armed to the teeth. It's just that simple. I hope it doesn't come to that. I don't want it to come to that. But we've got to look at what can we do to change this, and the shorter answer is there's, there's solutions, but it takes a complete turnover of the United States Congress both Republican and Democrat, because both sides are in. Ladies and gentlemen, President Trump was taken down because he was exposing the swamp on both sides. The Republicans knew about the potential mail-in ballot abuse of a year in advance of the election. I covered that in one of my very first podcasts. They did nothing because they wanted him out, too. Why do you think the January 6th commission right now is doing everything they can to possibly find some type of way that they could put some type of charge on Donald Trump to keep him from running again because they're scared to death of the man? And the reality is that they don't understand is it's too late. The veil has been removed. I was blind, but I can see. The question is, what are we going to do for action? It's not just a matter of of replacing, I see 28 or 29 Democrats that now the Republicans have shots on. Okay, that's great. But if you put the same type of rhino or I'm just going to go in there and do the same thing Republican as before, okay, you've got, now you've got Marvin Milk Toast who won't vote for this. He's not going to do anything. 
ladies and gentlemen, we have to put forth candidates and we have to screen candidates. And I got to tell you, this is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a few election cycles. Because right now, I promise you, there's not one candidate out there or one elected official out there that's talking about doing the right things by your health. Now, I'm not saying that the candidates that are running aren't don't have your interest at heart, but they're not thinking about that right now. Okay. They're not thinking about, is it possible we've cured cancer and pharmaceuticals have killed it? Why does, why do we have so many people with diabetes? And folks, those are just two I've focused on. Okay. We could start having the same conversation about the flu and all kinds of stuff, but these are, these, in my opinion, are curable, preventable diseases. We should not be dealing with these diseases. COVID is just the, the, the light that exposed our brain to the part of information that said, oh my God, we got to wake up. Stop funding the, po- the companies that poison us. Don't buy their stock. Don't buy their products. I understand that's easier to say than do because sometimes you go, I don't know that I can do without that product. You got to see what you can do to find a substitute. And I'm not saying there's always a substitute. I get that. Okay. I do understand that. And if Congress refuses to act, if they refuse to do what we do with elected them, then maybe we have to take drastic measures. Maybe we just one day everybody just says, you know what? We're not going to pay taxes anymore. It's not going to happen. You're not going to get my taxes anymore. Oh, good Lord. What do you think would happen then? Mass hemorrhaging on a mass scale. You see, this is a big, big swamp. And stop and think about it. Of all the great things that Donald Trump did, if there's nothing else that he did, is he woke you and I up. Because we still don't know how big this thing is. It's deep and it is wide. We just don't know how deep and how wide it is. We don't know that appoint, appointees are going to turn around and stab us in the back because we watched it happen under President Trump. People are like, well, well, why is he making such bad decisions? I don't think he was making bad decisions. I don't think we knew the character until they were put in the position. Ladies and gentlemen, D.C. is a swamp. If our founding fathers were to walk back, walk from the past into today and realize what's going on, what do you think they would be doing? I think they would be stacking our politicians like firewood. That's my opinion. Now, I'm not saying we got to go that way. We've got a wonderful system, but you must be involved. You must get out and vote and you must get others to do so. Because right now what we've got, we've got the greatest, the greatest constitutional republic on the face of the planet. But there is no question it's in jeopardy right now. It's as frail as it's ever been. It gets stronger with your participation, but you got to have knowledge. So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's show. I hope you have enjoyed what I put forth today, and I hope it makes you think. It should make you a little bit mad, but you need to stop and think. I hope, if nothing else, look at what you're eating and drinking. Do the part that you can do to control your diet, to make yourself healthy. Don't worry about this COVID thing. We're going to get past this. But let's start doing the things to make our nation healthy again. I hope you've enjoyed the the podcast today. I hope it's been entertaining. I hope it's been educational. 
And uh, next week, I start on the business channel. I'm not going to be on the variety. We're going to be Fridays from four to five. And we'll put that out on social media. This is Darren Yancey. Hope you had a great week. God bless all. Thank you for tuning in to the Information Edge. Please join your host, Darren Yancey, again next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have more to share then.